guys, thanks for tuning back into Truth Radio, a podcast station dedicated to bringing the body of Christ together through the Word of God, prayer, and testimony. On Truth Radio, we don't allow our past to define who we are, but we allow the Word of God to show us who we are in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's begin. Hey, welcome back, guys. Today I am joined with Dr. Scott Abrams in the studio uh, here in Wilmer, Minnesota. Dr. Scott just um, published a book called Freedom in the Fight. Uh, and so I'm just going to kind of turn it over to him. I want him to pray us in if he's okay with that. Sure. And, and we're just going to jump start from there. Thanks for having me, Joy. Dear God, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for the time we have to talk about uh, what you've done in our lives. Pray that uh, we would just be filled with you and that would flow out of us into those listening that would have uh, just that would have the effect of working out your will in the lives of those who are listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So one of the things I was talking to, it sounds weird calling you Dr. Scott, but that's just Scott as, as a professional level, yeah. I, I call. You know, you know me as Scott. That's All right. So, so when I was talking to Scott before starting this podcast, um, you know, it's when you walk into the office, it's like, I got to have a game plan. And I think sometimes not having a plan is the best because that's when the Lord is just like taking over. But I was talking to him and just saying, hey, this this book is a product of your testimony. And so I think to start off with, we're just going to talk about what, what has God done in your life? You know, what was your inspiration behind the book? And um, yeah, from there. Sure. Well, I'll try to compress it into a reasonable amount of time and story. <laughs> but I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I grew up... Uh, my dad's a pastor. I grew up knowing the Bible. I grew up believing. Um, I grew up in a very evangelical tradition where we celebrated the lost sinner who came to Christ. And in my mind, I, I, I was never specifically taught this, but I, I really kind of developed this idea that Christians were people who used to struggle and now they're fine. Uh, they've met Christ and now they're saved. And, and it's, yeah, it's this one-time thing that happened in the past and now you're good. And, and really, most of the adults I knew were really good people and my parents were wonderful people. And so, you know, I had this 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 model in my mind of uh, somebody uh, might be a drug addict, maybe uh, they've done really bad things, but then they come to Jesus and everything's fine after that. And so that right. that was that was my mindset, you know, growing up as a child. Uh, of course, uh, in the evangelical, evangelical tradition, we... We celebrate grace, and we should. We are saved by grace through faith. We're not saved by what we do. But the temptation, of course, then is to uh, go the other way, right? If I'm saved by grace, I can do whatever I want, and I can live however I want. And that's really, you know, how I grew up. I just, I kind of followed my own appetite and, and then asked God forgiveness later, right? right. Ask, uh, you know, do first and then ask permission after, ask forgiveness after. And so uh, that wasn't a big deal as long as my struggles weren't colossal or super destructive. Well, then uh, I got to college and drank a little bit, and that was a little bit destructive, but not bad. No real consequences. And I didn't love alcohol. Alcohol was useful, but uh, I didn't love it. But then when I was in my last year of residency, uh, after med- so I went to medical school, went through residency, my last year of, of residency, I had a surgery. Uh, and I met Vicodin, and uh, this is an opiate pain medication. Uh, and so, stop me at any point if you need to get no, questions. Okay, no, you're good, yeah. So I, I met opiate pain medications, and it was magical. I fell in love. It was a wonderful feeling. And I knew that I had found something that brought me tremendous pleasure, and I knew I wanted more. Uh, at that point, I did not have access, and I don't really think that I had 
tremendously addictive behaviors regarding it at that point, but I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted more. So then I graduate from residency, or I guess that, sorry, that was medical school. I apologize. That was medical school. Then I go on to residency where I'm an actual physician, and now I've got uh, access, right? And so we've got a sample closet with a medication called Tramadol uh, that a lot of people will uh, uh, not find useful, but for me it was, it was better than Vicodin. And uh, it, now I had access to this medication, and I was off and running as long as I had access. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I wasn't I wasn't an addict. I was a doctor taking pills to make my life better. Yeah, functioning. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I was very functional to start with, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, in residency, it's a time of you know pretty hard work and poor hours, uh, poor sleep. And so uh, my sleep schedule got upset. Pretty soon I realized that I could self-regulate my sleep schedule with medications and just take this pill mm. uh, to go to sleep and then this, take this pill you know, to function. And pretty soon you can't function without the pills. Uh, and so this, this began a slow, at the time, spiral uh, downwards. And so then I, I, I did okay in residency, not, no real uh, disastrous consequences, not going to work high or anything. A lot of times in addiction, there's usually people in our lives that kind of notice these um, small changes in our lives. Did anybody have any concerns for you at this point? Did anybody really know other than you, or was it still hidden? Uh, I kept it a secret, yeah. There, you know, there were little tiny indicators. Um, you know, uh, wife wanted to know what these medications were, and uh, oh, that you know, maybe I shouldn't do that, I'll quit that. And, and really meant it, you know. I, you know, I'll right. stop doing that. And, and but that didn't last, of course. You know, that was that was a lie. And that that was probably one of my first indicators that wow, this might be a destructive behavior. If I'm willing to hide it from my wife and lie about mm. it, maybe this is a bad thing. But of course, wasn't ready to address it or to stop. I just right, yeah. just just yeah. in the back of my mind had this thing nagging at me that that kind of bothered my conscience. I don't think that's a good behavior. Uh, it probably took, I want to say, eight to ten years, somewhere somewhere in that range to really have to deal with it, to get to the point where others noticed enough where something's going on and it needs to be addressed. And so 2008-ish, I think, 2008, I had to do, and I say had to, I didn't really want to, but uh, I, if, you're, if you're a physician and you become addicted to medications and, and, and it becomes apparent to people around you, the state has an, op an obligation to step in and say, you, we need to address this. Right, and so yeah. uh, I, 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 wasn't, I didn't lose my job, I wasn't taken out of practice, but I had to do outpatient treatment. And so did outpatient treatment, uh, 2008, and then again in 2012. And both those times really was just looking for the easiest way to address the issues so I could get back to work. Mm -hmm. and, and in the back of my mind, I still, okay, I had a problem. Yeah. I had a problem, but now I'm good. And, and, and there were people in my life that were, that were encouraging this too, right? I mean, they're, they're, you, you've heard it, I'm sure. Um, there are Christians around us who will say, all you need is Jesus, just you're delivered and it's gone and it's over. And you never really have to worry about this again. Yeah. And they didn't want me to relapse. These weren't bad people. These were loving, kind people that were trying to help me. And I truly did need Jesus. That, that's the truth. It just, happened yeah. to be, it just happened to be that Jesus wanted me to meet some very nice people in treatment who, who wanted to help me. And, and, and I really wasn't listening. I just, I had a problem. I'm done. I'm good. I can move on. Um, you know, Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he prayed three times to go away, and, and God said, no, and why, God? Why would you not take this away? And I know that prayer. God, mm. take this thing away from me. I hate this thing about myself. Just take the appetite. And I'm, I'm, like the, I'm like the guy that needs to lose weight, and 
I pray that God makes me hate donuts and love broccoli. Amen. <laughs> you know, we've I've all, asked, we've all been there. It, it, would just, it would be so easy if God would just just make us robots right. and change the appetite. And I've prayed that prayer a thousand times in my life. Is make me a robot, take away the appetite, and then I'll behave good. Then I'll, yeah. then, then I'll follow you, God. If you yeah. make me want to follow you, then I'll follow you. Well, I had it backwards, right? God said, no, you need to confess. You need to go to treatment. You need to get help. You need to talk about this. You need to address it with your job. Do those things, and then, and then your appetite will change through obedience. And, and, mm. and of course, looking back, I got the miracle, but it took, it took, it took the obedience to get there. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so 2014, we'll just skip kind of to, the, to five years ago. 2014 was the last relapse, and that was, that was disaster, right? That was consequences. And the first two times around, really no consequences, just kind of skated by and did the bare minimum. Mm -hmm just to get back to my normal life. And of course, if you go back to your normal life, you go back to your normal life, right? Yeah. How often do we see this? You don't change anything in your life. You go back, you get out of jail, you get out of treatment, and you just go back to living the way it was, right? Yeah. And so pretty soon I'm back at it. Uh, in 2014, it was a quick uh, spiral to the bottom. Uh, I By this point, I couldn't go to my doctor friends and ask for prescriptions because now they all know. So what do I do? I'm a doctor. I write had, your own script. I write my own script. There you go. I, I had a pen. Yeah. And so uh, this went on for about three months before, you know, everyone, then everyone knows, right? And so um, this was disaster. This was, you're out of a job, you're going to inpatient, and we don't know how long that's for. Um, my wife, whom I'd hid this from, again, lying, cheating, stealing, deceiving, breaking, you know, destroying trust, yeah. uh, she's on the way out the door, or, or, or rather, she's on the way kicking me out the door, you know? And so life was a disaster, and it, it took the disaster, it took the pain for me to change. I hope nobody else has to go through the pain, but at the same time, I know that often it takes us painful things to change. It takes, right. it takes the discomfort to be willing to change, because change itself is uncomfortable. Growth right? is uncomfortable. I knew, Absolutely. I knew what it was going to take to change. I knew I had to get help. I knew I had to go to treatment. I didn't want to do any of those things. And so now there's no choice. You're going or you're not a doctor anymore. Mm. And so that was, that was pretty clear. I suppose I could have chosen not to go, but I, I wanted my life back badly enough that I was willing to do what it takes. And so uh, in treatment, yeah, I had it out with God. I mean, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sick of this. I hate my life. I hate who I am. Uh, you know, I've, I've wrecked everything I love. And you, you just tell me, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, and, you know, I said that to God. And that really was the first time, oddly enough, that I was willing to say that. And God went, okay, now this is, now we're going somewhere. There was some surrender. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because previously it had just been, you fix it, God, you fix it, you take this, right. you take this, you make me not want it, and I'll act right, you know. And God was like, you know what, uh, here's the answer. Luke 9, 23, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must take up his cross daily and follow me. And, mm -hmm. and so what that meant to me was, I have to daily work at whatever is causing me destruction, daily work at abandoning it, leaving it behind, yeah. do whatever it takes to leave behind, and I have to follow Christ. Do I do that perfectly today? Absolutely not. I still fail. I, I'm, I'm going to have stuff I struggle with till I die. I've got, yeah. I may not be using drugs today, but I'm still prideful. I still, you know, have a, a temper. I still, I'm still selfish. I still want to do things my way all the time. Uh, but okay, what do I need to work on today, God? What 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 do, you know? What's the biggest yep, thing causing yep. me misery today? What's the biggest thing distracting me from you? Because that's the whole purpose. Being clean doesn't mean anything if we're not following Christ. Mm. What's the biggest thing that's distracting me from you, and what do I need to do about that? And 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 then what? And then how do I follow Christ? What do I need to do? Because it's not just the stuff we don't do, right? It's not just the bad stuff we don't do. So I started. Um, for me, I needed to get up. 
uh, early every morning. I get up about an hour early every morning. Before whatever I have going on, I get up about an hour early and I read and I pray. And I started writing. And uh, for me, that turned into a, a public blog in 2016. And then into this book eventually is, is what it turned into. Yeah, yeah. And the, the book is really just that. It's me living, try, trying to live in faith and recovery, right? So I do not write as a pastor. I really don't even write as a doctor telling you how to do it. This is just me. How am I doing this? And yeah. so... I'm not saying I'm a perfect example, but I am an example of somebody who's just doing it every day. And, and that, that concept of daily is very important to me. I think Luke put it in that passage for a reason. Take up your cross daily and follow me. It, it's a daily walk. That, uh, following Christ, we had to make that decision once, but it's not something that's over. We're not done. Yeah. You know, We're saved by grace, but James comes along and says, grace without works is nothing. Or faith, sorry, faith without works is nothing. If your faith doesn't lead to some change, it's not real. Right. And so that's what the book is. It's just an example of a daily process of working it out. So then when, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, we're talking about, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, you saw this, okay, you come to Christ once, you know, and, you, and then you were just talking about how this is a daily thing. So when did that, um, that revelation come into you? Was that during the, the final 2014 relapse? Or was it, okay, God, I, I need you on a daily basis. It's no longer a, a one prayer, I'm saved. You know, there's my get out of jail free card. But it's, it's more of a daily thing. I mean, how did that relationship um, look for you? Yeah, it was, it was through that pain. I mean, I, I had a very real relationship with God, I think. You know, uh, there were people around me, of course, at the time that really wanted to know if I was a Christian, right? I mean, how, Christians don't act this way. Right. I mean, goodness <laughs> yeah. sakes, what is wrong with you? Christians don't steal drugs to get high, you know, yeah. and, and, and lie about it. And, and I had the same question, right? I mean, I, I, where was God? I prayed. Why didn't you answer God? Yep, and, yep. and so this really rocked my faith. I mean, this was this was that, okay, if God's there, and I, and I, I don't think I really doubted he was there, but I really doubted whether or not he cared what happened to me or, or, yep. or just maybe I was, I don't know, doing it wrong or I don't, I don't know. So that, that was really the, the process was the pain. It took the pain to go to God and say, God, I will do whatever it takes. And, and it, you know, it took the process to get there, but it really was that light bulb moment that this is something you have to do, okay? Yeah. I died in the cross for you. Now you have to have some appropriate response. You don't earn that love. You don't earn that grace. You don't earn that salvation. But if it's real to you, if it's worth something to you, oh my goodness, now you need to respond to it. And that itself is a daily occurrence. And so it was that one light bulb moment where I realized in my brain, but again, our, our, our problem isn't often a knowledge problem, it's a behavior problem, right? right? Yeah. I can know what to eat, I can know all the healthy foods, that's not my problem. My problem is it's I, 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 want, <laughs> I, I don't yeah, yeah. want to eat the healthy food, I want to eat the donut, I want to eat the pizza. And so, and so again, I had that aha moment where it was the knowledge, okay, now I have this knowledge, now I've got to practice it. And so that, that I want to say that took months yeah. of going, um, I have to work on this daily because when you get out of treatment, you may be sober, but you got other stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of got out of treatment. Okay, I'm sober. I got this. And maybe it's not such a big day if I, a big deal if I miss a day with, with Jesus. And, and and I didn't relapse, right? If I skip my devotions, I didn't I didn't relapse. I was not using drugs the next morning, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I had other stuff that I was slipping back into, and I had other flaws. Um, you know, my pride, my selfishness. I mean, there's a lot of times, and there's still times today where I. I think I probably feel my wife looking at me going, you're kind of still acting like that addict, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and we know what that means. We can, we can use that kind of talk uh, because we both know what that means. But yeah, it took months, I think, to get to that point where, okay, I learned it. I know it. Yeah. I really, I, I mean, really, I got to do it every day. Yeah. And there's this process of sanctification of realizing that it's, even as 
believers and followers of Christ, we're going to continue to have these issues come up in our lives. And our, our topic over the last, well, month has been foundation. And that's where this, this process of sanctification comes in. And, and as we go through life and we have struggles, we have issues, there's never going to be a perfect church. There's never going to be a perfect Christian. We're always going to have something um, that the Lord is using for our good and our benefit. It's just how we kind of deal and react with that thing that's going on um, and, and where we're putting our trust in. And so just coming into the book, is it... Is it mainly for people that are in recovery from drugs and alcohol, or could it be recovery from a food addiction or a spending addiction, a gambling addiction? I mean, really, what was your your main demographic with the book? Because just going through it as as a devotional, you know, as it says right on the cover, gear for recovery. You know, I think anybody can take that at any point in their life and, and use what the Lord has shared with you to help grow their faith. Yeah, I have a phrase, and we'll see if I get it right. Recovery isn't just for the drug addict. We're all in recovery from the old life. If we're mm, if we're yep. trying to follow Christ, there's something. That's good. There's yeah. something we're all in recovery from, right? So, uh, in in my own recovery, once it, my name is in the paper, right? It was horrible. It was painful, but I'm glad it was now because now everybody knows and everybody can talk to me about it, and I can talk about it. And so, people, you know, weekly come to me and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with this," and well, and, and they never would have said that before had it not been honest. And that's that's really important, by the way, is honesty about our own struggles mm-hmm. helps the struggle that we don't even know about, right? Yeah. So we're honest about our own struggles, and people come to us and they come up, and, and, and it's it's you know it's pornography, it's um it's. Uh, gambling, it's a shopping, you know, things I didn't know about, things that haven't occurred to me that are struggles. People have these struggles that we do not know about. Yeah. And so this book, yeah, certainly not, and, and I appreciate the question, it's, you kind of answered it. it, is not just about the drug addict. This is, what am I struggling with that, that is causing me misery in my life, that's distracting me from who God wants me to be, yep. and what do I need to do about that? And that's, that's of course, the, you know, acceptance and then and then the doing is, is you know, two really hard yeah. steps. I got to accept this problem, now what do I do about it? Yeah, for sure. So one of the final things that I wanted to t- talk to you about is if, if you had a favorite devotion that you'd be willing to just read out for our audience now just to give them kind of a taste of, of what the book is in your own voice and in your own writing. Uh, it's kind yeah, of weird. You're putting on the spot because I don't have any one do you, wherever I know of. Uh, do you have one in mind? Do you have, um, do you have one? I was actually looking at page 207. Let's, let's, let's do that. Yeah, Day let's 207. Um, and it's funny because you actually kind of talked about it um, because when I was just kind of flipping through the titles I'm like yeah you know well I'm gonna have you read it yeah I'll just read it so day 207 so the book is set up in 365 format it doesn't have dates on it but you just go through it at your own pace and it would each day day 207 is I am weak uh, and it's taken from 2 Corinthians 11.30, uh, where Paul says, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. A reader once told me that he could see a lot of healing going on in my writing. His words implied that I was writing for the purpose of recovering from past wounds. This offended me. I had a visceral response. I didn't say it out loud, but I thought, I'm fine. Don't you see that I'm writing this for all of you sinners, still trapped in your own addictions? Now, that wasn't true, but it's what I wanted to say. Though I tell myself that I'm always growing, it offended me when someone else said it. I've had to learn and relearn an important truth. I will always have need. It's my continual need that keeps me pointed at God. The day I refuse to see my weakness is the day I'll begin the relapse. Sometime after the reader's comment, when a friend pointed out that visible growth is still taking place in my writing, I was able to embrace it as an obvious truth. I'm still growing up. It's when I begin to think that I have it all figured out that I turn my gaze from God. From God, Pride is the faith killer. 
Paul emphasized this in today's passage. He had been whipped, beaten, stoned, and even shipwrecked. Often he was thirsty, hungry, and cold. He was a failure in the eyes of the world, yet he found that his weakness kept him dependent on God. Though he had reason to boast, Paul refused to succumb to the seduction of pride. Choosing humility while unnatural is the only cure for my deadly pride. When I turn my gaze to God, I assume my only proper position before him. If I find myself in that dangerous place where everyone else in the world is wrong and I'm the only one who has it all figured out, I'm in trouble. If I can't see that God has much work yet to do in me, then I'm lost. It's only in, abandoning, in, admit, it's only in admitting my continual weakness that I continue to depend on God. It's awesome. And it just says, as I was reading that before I even came here today, I just... It spoke to me, and some of the other guys, you know, at the fortress were like, "Ask them about this," because they've been they've been digging in deep to this and um, bringing it to devotions uh, to devotions every morning. Um, and I just I think where where all can we find this book? I'm gonna add a link to the podcast where it's posted on, on Buzzsprout, on Facebook, on YouTube. But where else, as a listener right now, where they can just go and try to order this book? Uh, is it? A, it is on Amazon.com. There's been they, they they ran out. They're out of stock, but it should be back in stock now. So Amazon.com, go there or Tristan Publishing uh, has it too. Tristan Publishing uh, will have it. If I could put a one plug in for my own daily blog, faithinthestruggle.com. Faith, Absolutely. Faithinthestruggle.com is my daily blog. That's where I daily write. And of course, there's purchase options there. So. All right. I'm probably just gonna take your link for Faith in the Struggle. Yep blog and put all that in this stuff sure. you guys it's been awesome to just sit down with dr scott i've i've kind of seen him off and on over the last few years of my involvement with with um addiction and being a part of the fortress and now being a staff member there it's it's cool to see him come in and be able to kind of work with him and just getting his paperwork <laughs> that he needs to, um, but it is awesome that that god has given him this gift and this talent and just this um you know, this this book that is a huge part of his testimony, and hopefully you guys will be able to learn and feed off of um, what the Lord is sharing with Dr. Scott and apply that in your own lives by using what the Word is telling you. So I'm just going to pray out real quick. Um, so Lord, I just, I just want to bless Dr. Scott right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you've given this man um, just the... Uh, the ability to be obedient to the voice of the Lord when it came to this book and his everyday um, doings in his life, Lord. I thank you, God, that bridges have been rebuilt in his life and they're becoming stronger and stronger the more and more he digs down deep into your word and into a um, meaningful relationship with you, God. Lord, I just want to pray for every listener. I hope that they got something out of this. I know that I did. Um, but Lord, just bless the, the new believer and the believer that is well-seasoned and the believer that thinks that they don't need to hear this. Because we all need something from the Word of God. We all need some inspiration. Um, so that is, I just thank you for what you're doing through Dr. Scott, through this ministry, and through every person that is able to hear this. In the name of Jesus, amen.